0: Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. Today we're joined specifically with David Lee of Mach 1 Financial Group. He's serving you in Northwest Arkansas. You can find him online at mock-1 onefinancialcom That's mach the number one financial. Dot com or you can call 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Hello and welcome to the show, David. How are we doing today?
1: Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. We're just getting into the fall, getting ready for some yeah. football season to come back. Oh, it's a good time of year, David. It's a good time of year.
1: I know. I can't wait. My favorite season, the fall with uh, football and Thanksgiving and Technically, I guess Christmas even falls into the fall. So true, uh, that's true. It's a great time of year.
0: It really is. I'm excited for yeah. it. A lot of good things. A lot of, I'm sure a lot of folks out there are excited for new pumpkin spice lattes and all those things. But we're not quite <laughs> there yet. We're not quite there yet. It's only August. So
1: yeah, and this would be a an interesting new fall season for us and our family. We just moved our firstborn child into college just yesterday. Oh, fact. congratulations
0: so, to you! I'm sure that is a yeah. uh,
1: bittersweet in a way. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of my dollars will be going to the University of Arkansas (laughs) over the next few years (laughs) as she works to get a degree in architecture. But we're we're proud of her, and it'll make this upcoming season even that much more fun in football. It gives me an excuse to get back out there and watch some Razorback games.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember those days. My dad dropped me off at college. I went to the University of North Carolina in North Carolina, and it was always kind of an excuse for him to get over to Chapel Hill and hang out, because yeah. he'd gone there. Yeah. and He loved coming over, but he always told me. He said, you know, son, congratulations. Welcome to college. If you can't do it, I understand, but don't come home. I can't afford you anymore. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> I like that. So I to, Maybe I need to tell my daughter. Yeah, that. some tough love <laughs> for my dad.
0: All the other moms are there crying as their kids are getting off the car, and He said, son, don't mess it up. Don't come home. So (laughs) I guess I turned out all right.
1: It did. Oh,
0: man. Well, let's jump into the topic today, (laughs) shall we, David? I want to do a couple of things. We're going to hear a great story from you a little later on about a client you were working with. But first, I want to kick it off with one of my favorite sections on the podcast. It's called In the News. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, this is a great portion of the show, as I mentioned. In the news, it's where we just see what's going on in the world around us out there. Financial news, political news, although we do try to stay apolitical on the podcast, I should note. But we do just see what's happening in the headlines and see whether they might apply to our investing lives. David, the federal government recently admitted that the Social Security Trust Fund will be insolvent by 2034 and the Medicare Trust Fund by 2026. What implications does this have on retirement planning for your clients?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's not just for our clients, I think it's for most Americans frankly. That would have major implications if the trust fund were to go insolvent and and if as a result of it being insolvent if they had to either significantly reduce benefits for, you know, beneficiaries of the social security system or if they had to significantly increase taxes so that they didn't have to reduce benefits. Either either way it would have major implications on either current retirees or future retirees or both, probably. Studies show that I think the typical retiree, about 40% of their income comes from Social Security. And some people, of course, it makes up 100% of their retirement income. So if the system were to be insolvent and if, like I said, if they had to reduce benefits significantly as a result of that insolvency, that would be a major, major impact to millions of Americans in their retirement planning. So as far as implications of it, we always do a retirement analysis on everyone that walks through the door. And we plug in all of your information to include, obviously, your current asset level, your age, what age you're going to retire if you're already retired. uh, We plug that in. And we can run retirement analyses, both without Social Security and with Social Security. So you could kind of at least have an idea of what a worst case scenario would look like if your social security benefit was significantly reduced or eliminated. But having said that, here's my opinion. I think that because of the major political instability and and economic instability that it would cause, I don't think the powers that be will ever let it get to that stage where the system goes insolvent or they have to significantly reduced benefits. I think that, that the government is going to do something between now and then to prevent that from happening. And it really, again, here's my opinion, I don't really don't think it would take that big of a shift in the social security system to add many years of solvency to the program. What they would have to do is simply set an age marker and say, okay, everyone under the age of X, and let's hypothetically say that age X would be age 40. If you're under the age of 40, we're going to increase your eligibility age on Social Security from, you know, currently you can get it as early as 62 as you know, full retirement age for most people these days is around 66 and a half. They would simply increase the eligibility age and say, well, you can't get it until you're 66 and a half and you're not going to get your full benefit until you're 68 and a half or something like that. So the eligibility age is going to have to go up for younger people because they've got the, they've got the time to be able to plan for that. And you'd be surprised at how just that kind of a demographic shift to the Social Security system would add many years of of solvency to the system. So that's what I personally believe is going to happen. I think that the government will at some point be forced to increase the eligibility age for younger folks. That would have the least painful impact on current beneficiaries. So yes, I, I do think that it would have a significant impact on retirees and even pre-retirees if the system were allowed to go and solve it.
0: Well, it will certainly be interesting to see how that plays out, as you've mentioned. A lot of different possibilities there. It doesn't sound like it's going away, but it could look very different in the future. And I think what I'm hearing is you really need to plan for that, and you can do that. The time to plan is now before you're retired. And even if you are retired, if you haven't taken Social Security yet, that's something that you can look into. And really, Social Security is just one Piece of your overall plan. Isn't that right, David?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an important piece, as I said, but it is one piece.
0: So work with an advisor who can help you sort through those nuances of Social Security, find out the best time to take your benefit for you and your unique situation, and then, of course, figure out how that income stream will be working together with other income streams in your retirement. This has been in the news, and now I want to move on kind of the meat of the podcast today, David. I want you to tell us a story here on the podcast. Grab your milk and cookies if you're listening and maybe a good blanket, probably a little hot outside for that. But David, I want you to tell us about a time when you helped someone retire earlier than they initially expected.
1: Well, actually, you know what? It actually happens more often than you would think. In fact, I would say as a rule of thumb that most people walk in the door thinking that they are ill-prepared or that they are behind in the retirement savings or they're not ever going to be able to retire or whatever. And I can tell you, I mean, it's not just a single story. I mean, I could tell you, uh, what I'm about to tell you is something that I've seen happen many, many times over the 13 years that I've been doing this. So uh, typical example, husband, wife, they come in, like I said, they're feeling that they're behind in their retirement. They feel like they're just going to have to work till they're 70 or whatever. We plug all of their retirement information in, meaning that we plug in what their current income is. If they're both working, we plug in both of their incomes. We plug in at what age they think they're going to have to retire. So if they think they're going to work till 70, we'll plug that in. If they think they're going to have to work till 70, we'll plug that in. And then we plug in all of their assets, how much they've got in their 401k, how much is going into their 401k on a monthly basis, as well as any other retirement savings they may have. Perhaps they get stock issued to them from their employer, restricted stock units, that would go into it. Perhaps they receive stock options, that would go into it. Perhaps they are contributing to a health savings account or, you know, you could name a a million and one things. Perhaps they have a, a deferred compensation plan. So we plug in any and all savings and retirement savings vehicles that they have or that they will have. If they have a pension, that'd be another example that we would plug in. So we plug in all of these sources that they have. And one of the things that I've noticed that happens frequently throughout the years is just as a result of going through that process, people find things that they had forgotten that they had like oh my gosh I forgot we had I forgot we had all those restricted stock units I forgot we had this old 401k from a job that I had 10 years ago I forgot about whatever it may be I'm I'm telling you that's a very common scenario found money most recently case in point I was working with a younger couple this was they're in the mid 40s they came in and they were they were practically apologizing to me because they felt like they were wasting my time coming in because they felt that they didn't have enough money to work with and we don't you know I want to help people regardless of their financial status if we can help them whether they've got zero or whether they've got millions, I want to help people. So they were apologetic. And I said, you don't need to apologize. You know, if we can help you, we'll help you. And during the course of that appointment, it was a very typical example. They had some restricted stock units they had forgotten about. She had a 401k from a former employer that she had forgotten about that had like $90,000 in it. So In the course of that appointment, we were kind of joking. They came up with, they had found money to the tune of about $250,000. That part's atypical, but the point is that that does happen more frequently than you would think. People just forgetting about investment accounts that they had, or they just never look at them. And so they didn't realize that they had so much in this old investment account. Maybe they knew they had it, but they didn't realize how much it had grown because they never look at it. So just going through the exercise of doing a retirement analysis, sometimes you'll you'll find accounts that you forgot you had. Secondly, after we put all of that data in, then we plug in the budget numbers and we figure out how much are you truly spending in current dollars today? And we're able to project that into the future. And then we say, okay, well, if you retired at 70, here's how long your money's going to last, assuming a fairly conservative rate of return. And then when we plug that in, they were like, oh my gosh, you know, We've got no issues. So then we start to back it off and say, well, what if you retired at 65? And it still worked. And then we backed it off to age 60, and it still worked. So that's a a very recent example of someone who came in very recently, thought they were going to have to work till they're 70, and – they can actually probably retire even earlier than age 60 is what it looks like. And that is a, I'm telling you, that is a very typical example. Sometimes I, I see people that, you know, I, I end up having to tell them, well, you, you may have to work a little bit longer than you might have thought. But I'm telling you, that is more the exception than it is the rule. So don't be afraid of what you might find out, even if you think you are behind, even if you maybe feel whatever the word is to use, perhaps embarrassed or whatever, if you feel like you're behind, don't be ashamed to come in and talk to us or talk to somebody because it's better to at least know what the situation is, even if it's not good. It's better to at least know what it is and be able to take concrete steps of action to get you on the right track. But I'm telling you, there's a better than average chance that it's going to be better than what you originally thought walking in the door. So give us a call and schedule a time to do that complimentary retirement analysis. You might be positively surprised at what you'll find out.
0: That number to call is 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. That's your number to come in and meet with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. Again, 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Don't delay. Get on the calendar. Come in and get a comprehensive retirement plan that david's been talking about in the segment again 479-876-2100 that's 479-876-2100 david as always thank you for joining us hey thank you mark this is the Mach one market moment
1: Advisory services offered through Fusion Capital Management, which is registered as an investment advisor with the SEC and only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not imply that the advisor has achieved a particular level of skill or ability. Please consult your financial advisor as many financial and insurance products have associated fees. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss.